Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'm so happy that you're here. Why don't you take your Bibles and join me today in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. Let's go down to verse 11. And today let's talk about running with the horses. Praise God. Now, Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer. We ask that as we jump into your word, that your Holy Spirit would do his great work of quickening the scriptures, making them alive, making them unveiled to us. Now, Father, we thank you for our daily bread. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Verse 11 For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, the, the core thing about God is that He's good. He's full of loving kindness. Actually, Hebraic scholars say that in the Old Testament, the word that best describes God, the greatest word in the Old Testament given a description of God, would be the word hesed, which means loving kindness. The loving kindness of God. It's a love that's very, very sweet. It's a love and a kindness demonstrated that is given from a person who has a position of strength and power, and that love and that kindness is poured upon someone who would often be weak, even oftentimes completely undeserving. But the loving kindness of God, the goodness of God in His thoughts, His plans for our future, everything is beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. We really need to follow the plan that God has for our lives. And that plan, much of it will be illuminated through the Word of God, because the Word and the will of God are, they're both the same. But there could also be those specifics that the Holy Spirit highlights and brings out so that you follow the tailor-made plan that God has just for you, because none of us are punched out of a cookie-cutter mold. Every person, just like you have your own unique fingerprint, every person has a unique plan that God designed for them, and we must follow those plans. Now, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. That's a great motivator, knowing that if you go to God, He's not going to hit you over the head with a bat. He's not going to throw the phone book at you. He's not going to rough you up. The Lord is waiting for us to draw near to Him. We make the move. When we make that move, then God responds and begins to uh, just remove any type of obstacle out of the way that would impede our growth and our development in Him. But I tell you what, it's a great motivator knowing that when you go to God, He's going to begin to unveil the future and the hope that He has for you. I think still today that one of the greatest things that people want to know is what is God's plan for my life? And when you know that He has a plan, and when you know that it's good, what will happen? Verse 12, then you will call upon, God says, call upon me, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, because you're wanting to come to God to discuss that plan, and many ways to get it unraveled and find out what it is. Woo, praise the Lord. Now, verse 13, we talked about this a little bit last Sunday. I want to dig deeper. Verse 13, and you will seek me and find me when 
you search for me with all of your heart. I think we have to really balance that with the fullness of what's being conveyed there. In other words, you could say that you can seek God and you'll find him, but that's not what it's saying. You seek, he said, you will seek me and find me when, in other words, when you do this, when you search for me with all of your heart. And so the key to seeing that verse really come to life in your light, uh, in, in your life to not just seeking, but actually finding him is that you're going to have to empty the tank. You're going to have to exhaust your reserves. You're going to probably have to dig deeper than what you've dug before. You're probably going to have to dig deeper than maybe even what uh, you have been told by others, perhaps in the church who are just in cruise mode, who are content to live a, a life of normalcy. And uh, you know, they're, they're very uh, comfortable right where they're at. They don't want anybody to move them or shake them. And they're going to encourage you to do what? To be just like them. But if you want to be like an eagle, if you want to start to soar, if you want to leave these earthly planes of carnality and frustration and uh, you know, just settling for less and settling far below for what God intended you to experience, you're going to have to come up. Praise the Lord. And in order to do that, you're going to have to search for him. How? With all of your heart. Now, when you do that, there's no maybes about it. You will find him. But the key is to search for him with all of your heart. I, I want to throw something out to you today. And I think for some of you, it might be a bitter pill to swallow. But I think it's a pill or prescription from heaven that you need to be aware of. Um, let me say this concerning your devotional time with God. God absolutely hates multitasking. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I'm real good at that. I can do 10 things all at once. That, that's good. That, that's good that maybe you can drive the car and turn the radio at the same time. That's good that maybe you can drive the car, turn the radio, and, and I don't know, maybe you're not holding a cell phone, but maybe, you know, you've got the, you know, uh, uh, in-car system, so you can just talk to it, whatever. Maybe you can do three things at the same time. Maybe you can do four things at the same time. Now, of course, if you're flying an airplane, we're going to ask that you not do that. <laughs> and uh, that's what they call the clean uh, cockpit, and that's what... FAA regulations, the, the, the government's flight authorities, they say, you know, the best way to fly for pilots, clean cockpit. You don't need to be playing rock and roll music. Really, you don't need to be playing classical music up there. You just need to be focused on flying the plane. <laughs> you don't need to be trying the multitasking, doing that and calling your wife back at home and flying the plane. Well, I can do that. I'm good at that. Okay, just because you can't doesn't mean that you should. Now, some things, yes, you can multitask. But here's what's happened with many of God's people. You're multitasking when you're actually trying to have your one-on-one -on -one time with God, but it's not one-on-one. -on -one. It's like 10-on-one. -on -one. It's God is the one, and you're the 10. It's you, and your phone, and your text, and your emails, and uh, music in the, you know, TV in the background, and all kinds of stuff going on, and you're trying to juggle all of this at the same time while, quote, deep communion with God is taking place. No, it's not. No, it's not. I have found with the Lord, and I've talked with other prophets also, that this multitasking thing really is very offensive to the Lord. He's, very, he's a jealous God, and He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, you know, if you went before, uh, if we just take it from an earthly perspective, which is very easy to see, if you went before a sovereign, and, you know, like a king or a queen or something like that, and you're talking to them, and you have the privilege of being able to have fellowship or conversation with them, and you get a text or a phone call, and you just pull out your phone, what, right in the middle of a conversation? 
then um, they're going to just like your favor is shot. It's gone just like that. You know, um, I had one of my subcontractors out doing some work at my house uh, sometime back, and he 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 brought uh, he brought a relative over, somebody that he uh, knew that didn't have work, that needed some work, and uh, didn't. Uh, he was he was a young guy, okay, like a millennial, okay, and so he brought him over to kind of plug him in. He said he said, you know, Pastor Stephen, he, uh, he I believe he's a good worker, and uh, please give him a shot, give him a give him a try. I said, okay, I'll give him a I'll give him an opportunity. Okay, so day one. Uh, day one, uh, it, it wasn't going too good. He just, you know, it, it wasn't working. But the, on that day one, the thing that just, uh, psh, it's, it's a wrap, is right when I was talking to him. Now, I'm, I'm cutting him a paycheck. I'm going to be paying him. And right as I'm talking to him, he gets a text. And he pulls out his cell phone while me, his employer, while I'm talking to him, he pulls out his cell phone and he actually checks the text as I'm talking to him and, you know, shoots off a quick little response, puts it back in his pocket. And uh, I didn't say anything to him. I figured, why, you know, he's not going to get it. He's, you know, let, let him learn in life. He'll learn in life that, that that won't fly. I went and talked to, you know, the regular guy that, that works for me. And I said, I said, hey, it was a good it was a good opportunity. He's done. Don't ever bring him back. Uh, anybody uh, that doesn't have enough wisdom to know that. Uh, you know, you're going to get, you're going to move through life very, very slowly. But this, this thing of uh, going before God, God, I'm here today because I really need you. And then, you know, you're, you're just distracted by all kinds of things. That is not seeking God with all of your heart. Now, is it better than just totally blowing God off and, you know, never reading your Bible or never giving him the time of day? Uh, perhaps, but you can't go deep with the Lord when you've got all of this other stuff that, you know, that's, you know, you're not putting God first. You're not seeking him with all of your heart. And this is something that a lot of Christians need to tie up because I was uh, at the house one day. I got another aspiring prophet story for you to <laughs> I'll share with you right now. I told you a funny one last week about the guy with the hot wings. Okay, the aspiring prophet. Uh, maybe he's still aspiring, but, you know, bless his heart, time is probably running, running out on that situation. But here's another one. This one graduated from ministry school, a really good, even prophetic, structured ministry school that's really designed not so much to produce evangelists or teachers or even pastors is really designed to produce prophets, those that are called into the prophetic. And he graduated from that. And uh, true, true calling, true anointing. Pastor Stephen, who is he? Does he have an earth-shaking ministry? Uh, no, you've never heard of him, and you probably never will. Why, Pastor Stephen? Why? Because he never seeks God with all of his heart, so he's never going to go anywhere. And so even with the potential of a calling and a potential of anointing, you know, every time I went over to his house, you know, maybe just, which wasn't that often, but every single time, uh, he's sitting in that lazy boy recliner watching Western movies, you know, the old classics, you know, John Wayne or who, whoever. He's watching Western movies, and I'd say, what are you doing? Oh, Pastor Stephen, I'm praying. Uh, you're praying? Uh, so his idea of devotional time is that while he's watching the westerns, he's speaking in tongues. Yeshana ba 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 ba. Oh, get him, get him. And you know, shua ba 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 ba. And you know, just doing that uh, hours and hours and hours a day. And whenever he would try to prophesy, you could sense there was a little bit of a. Uh, of a God factor to it, maybe like three or four percent, but all the rest of it was so soulish, 
and he gave some of the most goofiest prophecies I've ever heard. And um, I, I eventually, he was trying to prophesy my church one time. I said, brother, I said, please don't prophesy in my church because first of all, you're trying to do what I'm not around or when the elders are not around. And so there's no authority, no accountability, which is, you know, part of the problem of being soulish. But I said, not only that, I said, uh, what I've heard so far, uh, you know, this, this, these so-called prophecies there, you know, this is just like generic stuff or like, you know, soulish stuff. Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, I'm here from God. So anyhow, you gave the most off-the-wall, goofy prophecies. And uh, I finally told him, stop prophesying in my church. When he knew I meant it, he left. Never came back to the church ever again. And so, you know, some of these people, they just spin out. You know, they never have a, a set orbit. They're just flying out in space, floating all over like a wild asteroid, bumping to this, bumping to that. And uh, they never settled. And they never have a solid devotional life where they get quiet. And turn off the silly TV and, you know, hear from God. I'm not, I'm not even talking about, you know, there's uh, to watching good programs. There's a place for watching good programs on television and stuff like that. But this is constant noise and thinking that somehow you can engage all of this and multitask and still, oh, I'm in the throne room, Pastor Stephen. No, you are absolutely not in the throne room. You're in the living room and you're watching TV again. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Oh, I, I meet them all the time. Pastor Stephen, I love to have my devotional time while I'm in the shower. And while I'm in the shower, I'm praying in tongues. Well, do you ever have any like, like alone time with God? I mean, just like total set quiet time where you stop shampooing your hair or stop whatever else you're doing and just you and God one-on-one. Oh, that's not necessary. Pastor Stephen, mm. you're, you're toying with your destiny that will probably never be fulfilled. You just, you're not taking God's calling seriously. And I'm not just talking about ministers or people called and, you know, prophetic or whatever. I'm talking about any believer that wants to cross the finish line and hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, you've done what I've called you to do. You accomplished the assignments I gave you. Come on in, come on into your reward. There's going to be a lot of Christians that are going to get there and they're going to be, of course, you're going to be glad you made heaven. But as far as really you know, doing what God called you to do and things like that. It's not going to happen. Why? Never sought God with all of your heart. Not saying that a lot of people don't seek the Lord that are Christians, but they never really push for the Lord. Oh, they'll push for all kinds of other stuff. Vacation. Oh, they're, you know, the, 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 the day, the day that it's time to leave for vacation, they're up at four o'clock in the morning, packing that vehicle full with all kinds of, uh, you know, um, camping supplies. Oh, they're so into it, but they would never, ever get up in there for they would never ever get up at four in the morning to seek the face of God oh that's extremism pastor Stephen no getting up at four in the morning for a camping trip but you know it's just all of this other stuff where God's ever put first and remember he's a jealous God and he notices all of that he notices all of that and to multitask in the very face of God is an insult to him some of you right now maybe the light's coming on that's why you're not getting the lift. Uh, Pastor Stephen, I really like your heavenly encounters. I, I like how you've had, had those experiences of being caught up and uh, the, those wonderful experiences. Yeah, you, you, ha- you have to lean into it. You can't lean into it when you're trying to, you know, text somebody back and stuff like that. Okay, so this is what I do. When I'm having my devotional time, I, I go in like hour segments. And what I, what I do is that when I start leaning into my time, okay, my time has started. Okay, let's say it's like seven in the morning or six in the morning. 
I'm going to go, you know, and I'm praying at different times. I'm just throwing out generic numbers just to help you. But I'm just going to say in my heart, I'm going for an hour. I'm not checking text for an hour. I'm not answering the phone if it rings for an hour. I'm just, you know, I'll just put everything on silent. And I'm not, I'm not going to let anything distract me for one hour. Now, after perhaps an hour, maybe I need to check to see if I got a message or something like that, particularly if it's in the middle of the day, something's going on. And so I need to make sure I've got things covered. But if I'm still praying and the morning's still there, I'll kind of, I'll say, okay, Lord, I've been with you for an hour. Give me just a minute or two here and I'll just cover that and then set it down, turn it off, close it out. Okay, Lord, now I'm back. 100% I am back. Woo. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. Break away from all the goofiness of distractions. See, that's all, that's all soul realm. That's all soul realm. Mm-mm. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Hallelujah. When you search for me with all of your heart, God says you'll find me. So you really have to search with all of your heart. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's not fair. The only time it's quiet is at 3 in the morning. Well, if that's what it takes, God will meet you there. If, you, if, you be, if you're willing to meet him, you can be guaranteed he'll show up. The question is never, will God show up? <laughs> God will always show up if you show up. But you have to find those quiet times. You have to find those moments when there is silence. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's move on. We are in the beautiful book of Jeremiah, the prophet. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 12. Hallelujah. You're going deeper into the heart of God. It's a blazing inferno woo, of love and passion. Praise God. And you learn the deeper you get in, you learn spiritual protocol. You learn reverence. You learn worship. You learn, you learn praise. You learn adoration. You, you, learn, you learn things like that. Hallelujah. You learn how to come before a sovereign. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Jeremiah chapter 12. Jeremiah, one of the premier prophets under the old covenant. How about that? Known as the weeping prophet. I don't know if I would want that title. <laughs> you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But it was what it was. He, he had a very unusual anointing. All the prophets were different, with a different type of an anointing, different style. And, of course, you have your own personality also. But he was a leading prophet known internationally. And so when you're, when you're on that level, you know, in some ways you're setting the standard. Others will look at you. But there was a time in his life, and I, you know, Isaiah had the same thing when he had the throne room, throne room encounter, when he saw the seraphim, when he saw the, the Lord seated high with the, you know, the, the, the train of his robe and, and all the glory. It was a deep encounter that caused a shift, and he, uh, really a recognize of something that wasn't, his walk with God was not where it needed to be. Well, Isaiah had that. Jeremiah had that, and we see it in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, where the Lord says to him, not to the nation, the Lord says to him, if you have run with the footmen, and they have wearied you, in other words, if you've run with normal runners, if you've run with what perhaps could be considered the normal church crowd, remember, apostate nation, backslidden nation, very, very low level of spirituality. But somehow you, you're a little above that, so you think you're great. God's not going by that standard. He's not going by that. 
because you, you can't judge it by others. You have to judge it by where the Holy Spirit is working with your heart and he's showing you the, the faith of your fathers and he's showing you the faith of the men and women of the word of God. And he's saying that's the standard. And he's saying Jesus is the standard. And so you cannot, you cannot base it on things that really could be just, you know, almost like a level so low, you're almost on the, you're almost on the pavement. If you have run with the footmen or the runners and they, they have wearied you, then how can you contend or how can you run with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trust it, they wearied you, then, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? In other words, if you're out in this open, this open plain, nothing to stumble over and you could just run as fast as you want. Well, what are you going to do by the Jordan when you have all these thickets and all of these things that can entangle you and trip you up? Now, running with the horses has symbolism there because you see that when the anointing came upon Elijah the prophet, he actually outran the king's chariot pulled by the fastest horses in the nation. There's an anointing to move in the spirit that you're going to have to tap into. Praise God. You can't get it down here with the chickens. You have to get up there with the eagles, which is where you belong. Praise the Lord. And we also see in the ministry of the prophet Elisha, although surrounded by a multitude of a, of an army that was out to get him. And they're not out to get him to invite him to have pizza and sit down and, you know, have, have a Coca-Cola and, you know, let's, let's discuss your prophetic ministry. No, they're out to capture him because he's causing problems for the king of their nation, telling all of his secrets of the things he secretly talks about in his bedroom or private meetings with his generals. Here's Elisha over here telling the nation of Israel what's going on, telling the king of Israel, and he's telling the army and, uh, you you know, uh, th these are things of national espionage. So they surround him. But yet, Elisha can see into the spirit realm and can see that with him are these horses that are on fire, that are pulling chariots that are on fire. And these are the angelic armies. And you'll see often in Scripture, particularly also in the book of Zechariah, that angels can shape shift don't let that throw you don't don't think that's just science fiction maybe you think oh pastor Stephen that's new age no there's so much cheap counterfeitism uh, counterfeitism where the real thing is is in the word of God the real thing is in the word of God so angels can change shape that doesn't mean that they're a horse but they can take on the image even of a person and you could think you could think that person is a real person. It could be an angel. That's why Paul said, you know, you, you could be entertaining angels unaware. Well, the fact that you're doing it unaware would mean that, hey, they're pulling off a pretty good presentation of a human, although they're completely a spirit being, but they have the ability to do that. And I've actually seen one angel turn into a horse uh, in the figure of a horse. And I've, I actually met the, uh, you know, so, so, well, I would say saw the angel later, and then I saw him in his normal, normal angelic form. But yes, this, this is all biblical. But my friends, running with the horses denotes the supernatural speed of the Spirit, working with the angels. In other words, running with prophetic symbolism of the angelic ministry, working with God, knowing what to say, 
wouldn't just say it see there's a lot of people that they get a little revelation about spiritual things and the next thing you know they're off blabbing these words out commanding angels to do this and that and you'll notice a few weeks go by a few months go by a few years go by nothing ever happened it was just all hot air why they're not really running with the angels they got some information or maybe they heard a good message or something like that but their walk it's not up there with the horses it's it's down here and that the level down here they're even struggling to keep that going why why well one reason not seeking God with all of your heart just playing around with the things of the world somehow thinking that this all this God stuff just going to work out it doesn't just work out you have to go after the Lord you have to get into the word you have to take hold of the promises of God you have to believe and you have to push and you have to pursue with all of your heart and when you do you start to break through to the other side you'll start to break through in the real faith you'll start to break through into the real anointing and you'll know oh now there's angels present now under the command of Jehovah Savah the captain of the angel armies now I can speak that word out yes and if you speak it in that anointing you get results if you speak it at other times nothing happened the angels just looked <laughs> probably thought oh, bless his heart maybe one day he'll get it then they, 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 they don't move they don't move they only move when you are speaking with the Lord's anointing in other, in other words you're speaking on the Lord's behalf and trust me when angels hear that now they go now they move praise God and you're you're in that flow you're running with the horses you're working with God's angels and results are happening and there, in other words, there's proof, there's evidence, because things are taking place in your life. Glory to God. And these, these are the things you can step into. And this was a challenge even for Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, you know, I'm supposed he probably thought he was doing pretty good. But remember, he's doing good consider, you know, considering what? Considering what's going on. A nation that's fallen away from God, covenant people not walking with God. Well, we can't, we can't judge by that. We have to judge by the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to say, hey, this is where we're at. Let's go deeper. Praise God. Mm-mm. There's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of huff and puff. I'll be, I'll be flat out honest. There's a lot of hype that is in the church that's in celebrity Christianity today, and it is hype to the max. It is H-Y-P-E, all in capital letters. It's hype, and it's soulish, and it's entertainment-type level. And if you're in the spirit, you stand back and you look at it, and you're just like, that's just all hype in the natural. It's brass. It's not gold. Well, Pastor Stephen, it, it, looks, like, it looks like gold to me. It looks like gold to those who don't know what real gold is. But when you have seen 24 karat gold and you know the divinity of God and you know the beauty of God, then you can also know what substitutes are. And brass, you know, uh, it, may, it, may, it can be really shined up and it can even have a, an element of that color uh, that where it can even look a little bit like gold, but it is not. It's not gold. See, brass is common. Gold is rare. But there's a lot of stuff in the church today where it's hyped and it's presented as the glory. It's presented as God's gold standard. It is not. And it's not. That's why when you go after it or you gauge in it, it doesn't really change you. It doesn't really work. It's not getting you up to where you need to be. Some of you, maybe you need to just go through your libraries, grab a bunch of those books, a bunch of those CDs that never produced anything in your life, and it just didn't work. It doesn't cut the mustard. Take them and just clear it out and get something good in there that does work. <laughs> and look, look, if it's not working, if it's not producing victory in your life, you really, you really need to reevaluate all of that stuff. Praise God. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? How are you going to run with the horses? So make those adjustments. Make those changes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm, Jesus. Anointing coming down right now. Uh, scales coming off eyes right now. I'm talking about spiritual eyes. Being able to see God's high calling and high standard and saying, Lord, I'm going to go for it. Praise the Lord. You know, nobody wins an Olympic medal just off, you know, natural talent. Everybody, everybody in that, in that realm, everybody on that on that playing field they're all gifted they all have natural talent but what separates is consecration what separates is pursuit and what what separates is desire hallelujah and you have to have that burning heart thank you Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit can light it on fire he can light you on fire but you have to keep it on fire thank you Jesus and when you do that next thing you know you're you're up and running Running along the plain of the Jordan, running anywhere, running here or there, ready in season, ready out of season. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We're moving forward into the heart of God. Let's go over to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. The Lord, uh, by the Holy Spirit, spoke to, spoke to my heart something about, I think it was maybe three days ago something so clearly that it stopped it actually stopped me in my tracks I know exactly where I was at in my house when the Spirit of God spoke this to me and he spoke this to me and I want to read this verse and I'm going to share with you what he revealed to me because I believe I believe this the anointings on you also the anointings on you also and you're going to hear and you're going to step into these things as well first Timothy chapter 1 verse 18 Paul speaking said this charge I commit to you son Timothy according to the prophecies well a charge something serious not something lightly not something like that's optional now Timothy if you if you want to do this give it a shot if it works fine if not you know hey well you know I thought maybe it would be some good advice no Paul knows what to say Paul knows what works he's he's proven the gospels he has stuck with the the basics of the gospels there is um or I should, shouldn't say Gospels, that's plural, but, but the Gospel. There's the four Gospels, but there is the Gospel, which is, which is the salvation message and everything that Christ has purchased for us. Praise God. There are certain things in the modern-day church that are missing, that our forefathers knew, that were considered just common knowledge, that today you actually have to look to hear it or to find it taught from pulpits. But back in the day, you go back 50 years ago, it was just common. It was accepted. It, it, was, it was still maybe, um, I wouldn't say across the board everywhere, but it was still, you know, it was, it was well-known. Well-known principles of living by. The principles of God's Word that you govern your life by. But in many of the pulpits of America today, you, you don't hear anything like that being taught. You hear all kinds of fluff and huff and puff and goofy stuff. You really, you hear a lot of shallow stuff. Praise the Lord. But my friends, this is a charge. This is not something that's optional. This is something that is essential and vital, and it is for all of us. Verse 18, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy. Some of you, you need to put your name in there. And you need to put your name in there, okay? This is what the Holy Spirit would be directing you to do. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you oh 
So Timothy had prophecies spoken over his life by the presbytery or the eldership or the leadership. No doubt, I'm sure, Paul is an apostle. Also previously before that as a prophet and a teacher, I'm sure he could prophesy quite well. I'm sure that in the prophetic collection of prophecies that Timothy had, I'm sure there was one in there that Paul gave to him that was inspired by the Spirit, that, that had a lot of potential, that had a lot of future, that had a lot of hope, had all the gravy mixed into it, all the icing on the cake. Okay, now this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Now this is what the modern day preacher would tell Timothy. Timothy, God loves you. God's got a beautiful plan for your life. Now you just sit there on the couch and you trust God, believe God, and everything's going to work out just fine. Do a little praying every now and then, but don't, don't get yourself too worked up. We don't want to be considered to be fanatics, and uh, we want to be considered, you know, presentable and dignified, and we certainly want to be, wouldn't ever want to be seen speaking in tongues or something like that, you know, but, you know, uh, uh, we wouldn't want anybody ever to see us to carry a Bible to church. Uh, just hide all of that stuff, you know, on an iPad or something like that. That way you're, all, you're cool all the time, and just, you know, just uh, if, if it's God's will, it'll come to pass. That's modern theology that's just total baloney. You know what? I'll, I'll shoot straight with you. It doesn't work. And what you're looking for, um, you're not going to find the answers in that. Woo! Hello! Glory to God. Mm. Some of you have already figured that out. And actually, not only do you realize it's an incomplete message, you actually, may I say this, you're fed up with it. I remember a dear spiritual friend of mine, Dr. Wade Taylor. He lived his life out. He's in heaven now. And Wade was a prophet. And sometimes I'd get around him. He, he had these funny little pro prophetic sta statements he would make sometimes. Uh, I said, Wade, are you, are you hungry? Would you like to go to a restaurant? No, I'm fed up. <laughs> fed up with religion, fed up with shallow, empty you know, religion. And he was just fed up. But some of you have gotten like that as well. You're fed up with all this huff and puff, and there's no power in it. Uh, oh, the glory. Oh, come on. There, there, there's no glory. It's just more hype. Oh, oh, the presence is overwhelming. No, it's not. You're just you're acting like it is when it's really not. Trust me, when it is, you'll know it. And that, that, that presence also produces a change in your life. May the day come. May, may you experience it. May the day come. When you have these type of situations, like a, a great prophet, I won't tell you his name, but a great prophet, very, very close to the Lord. Uh, I'll say this, top five, he, he was actually, he was one of the names mentioned when another prophet, when Jesus came to him and said, I'll give you the, the names of the five men that are closest to me right now on the planet. And this, this man, this prophet was in the top five. Oh, by the way, he, his life ended. He's now in heaven. That means there needs to be a new replacement of those that are walking you know, because they lived their lives out. Okay. And so you could have the top five, but the top five may not be like that five years from now or even two years from now. Why? Some of them are, are, are senior. Uh, and then they pass away. They go on to heaven. Well, somebody else needs to go into that category. But anyhow, oh, Jesus, hallelujah. These are the very interesting things. 
very interesting things. Holy Spirit, bring that back to me. I got so excited about what I was sharing that um, I kind of lost my train of thought. I believe it'll come back. But stirring ourselves up with these prophecies. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm hanging on that. I'm hanging on that. Mm. Okay. Okay, so let me just say this. Let me, let me shift over to this. Some of you, okay, I, I, I'll drift back to that just for a moment. Fed up. There are certain things you know, it just doesn't work. And if it's, if it's not working, you need to just realize that, and you need to push to the real thing. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, so this is what the prophet said that was very, very close to God. He shared about a couple of churches that he actually was able to attend in his lifetime. These were not like what we would call big, you know, like um, uh, maybe like a mega church, or they certainly weren't a secret-sensitive church. They're a million miles from that, actually. Not that there's anything wrong with a big church, because we know that the church in Jerusalem was quite large. And we know that the church in Antioch also was very large. But this was the type of church that he said that the Holy Spirit was so manifested in the meetings, in the services, that you could not even attend the services and go into those, those holy meetings unless you're right, your life was 100% straight up right with God. Because if there was anything off in your life, any kind of hidden sin, unconfessed sin, any kind of unforgiveness or any secret sin habit, and you went into those meetings, he said, um, it's not a good thing to do, because there was, he said there was not one person that could walk into one of those meetings with the situation of unconfessed sin or secret addictions that would not be publicly called out. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I wouldn't want to be in a church like that. What are you going to do when you go to heaven? <laughs> that's, that's all heaven is. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. See, Jesus wants you to come into the stature of a mature believer in Him, in Him, so that you could go into a meeting like that. No, no quirky issues that you're hiding, no deep bitterness or unforgiveness that you're dealing with, you know, uh, no, no secret, you know, strongholds in your life that you're just, you're still tolerating, you're playing around with, none of that stuff. He said, you could not go into those meetings and uh, with, uh, with, you know, with your life right now with God and not get called out either through prophecy or, or word of knowledge or just tongues and then the interpretation of tongues or the preacher preaching. I mean, God, God could hit you from all kinds of angles. It just wouldn't be allowed. The heat was too hot. It was just absolutely too hot. Now, it doesn't mean that people, that all the people there were perfect. But there was grace, of course, because there's no perfect people. But it does mean that it was hot. He said it was hot. The, the Spirit of God would be so hot in those meetings that if you're playing with sin, you couldn't, you couldn't even get there. You had to just get up and walk out. <laughs> woo! Woo! Pastor Stephen, I want the glory. Pastor Stephen, let the fire come down. A lot of people say that they, they have no clue what they're talking about. Because if it came down, they'd get up and run out. Mm, mm, mm. But look, if you can get this thing going on with you and God and your personal life, you can stand on any platform. You can be at the forefront of any move of God. Not, not, empty, not shouting empty, th empty words that are based out of, you know, just some kind of emotional thing, but shouting victory out of true victory that comes through knowing Him. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, the last year, the last 10 years, there has been a revitalization of the preaching of the cross, but it has to go. Now watch this. It has to go beyond just that answer, which is divine answer, divine solution of to sin, which is preaching the cross to actually living the cross. And that's something that you work out in your one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord. Mm -mm -mm. You're going to have to contend for the prophecies that God has given to you. Now, this is what the Lord spoke to me in my house. He spoke to me and said, 2019 has been a year for you of receiving prophecies. And I've had some good ones. I've had three, three prophecies given to me that were, that were so supernatural in origin. They came straight from heaven, spoken through a human vessel. The person spoke the word, and they've, they've come from different prophets from different countries and different places. But three of them, three of the prophets particularly were just, um, they were so heavenly, they were so divine, and the promises were so glorious that, that it, it electrified me. And I've got them all on tape, and I've got them all written down. Actually, I believe I've got, even got them all on video. And I look at them every day. But see, here's the thing. The Lord said to me, 2019 for you has been a year of receiving prophecies, but 2020 will be a year of manifesting those prophecies. Woo! Stop me in my tracks. Hey, receive that word for yourself. Amen. Those of you that are online church members, that are ministry partners, that are, that are, uh, that are, that are connected with this ministry, that same anointing flowing to you. Hallelujah. You've, you've been hearing God speak things into your heart. Uh, the Lord's been sharing these the dramatic things that He's going to do in your life to bring Him glory. Praise God to make the impact that you're destined to make. Well, I'm telling you that 2020 is going to be the year that it's going to explode. Hallelujah. Oh, oh Pastor Stephen, that's all I wanted to know. I'm going to just sit back down and write it out and look for it to happen. No, no, this is a charge. Something serious. You must, with those prophecies, wage the good warfare. In other words, this is the word of the Lord. Now you take that, and you begin to pray over that, and pray into that, and pour your heart into that. Seek God. Say, now Lord, this is what was said. This is what was spoken. Now Lord, I'm not going to sit back and just treat this thing lightly. Lord, I'm, I'm pulling on the hem of your garment. Lord, manifest your glory. Lord, watch over your word and perform it. Seek God with all of your heart, and he'll do it. Praise God. But it is a charge. You can't just sit back and think it'll happen. You have to really do your part, rise up and pray into it, and seek God for any perhaps necessary adjustments or changes or tweaks in your life, and go after the Lord. Let that anointing, that fresh oil flow in your life, and watch what God will do. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Hallelujah. May I present this to you? That even if Jesus were to appear to you by granting you a vision, and He stood before you, and you saw Him with your own eyes, and Jesus gave you a word and said, this is my will for you, I'm going to do this thing for you. You know, you still have to use your faith and take a hold of that. 
you still have to just just because Jesus said it and then 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 the vision ends and he leaves doesn't mean that you know oh this is just going to like be like some kind of providential thing that I can just kick back and live any way I want now and you know just be spiritually lazy and it'll still happen Oh, you're toying with your destiny if you do stuff like that. You're going to have to take that prophecy. You're going to have to take that word and wage the good warfare of faith. Fight the good fight of faith with it. And say, now, Lord, this is what you said, either to me personally, through a vision, or through an angel, or through a prophet, or even receiving it one-on-one in your devotional time, where the Scripture is highlighted, and the word burns, and you say, that's the word of the Lord. Okay, you have to wage the good warfare warfare with that word fight the fight of faith and pray over it bathe that whole thing in prayer Mm, give it a prayer bath hallelujah and rejoice and praise God over it and you will see it thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah my friends stir yourself up to take a hold of God Mm -mm. the promises are yes and amen a lot of people that's puzzled. Well, Pastor Stephen, it says they're all yes and amen, uh, but none of them are happening. Okay, rise up. Okay, so stop trying to just, you know, hang out down here with the chickens. Start running with the horses. Start running with the angels. Start getting over into the spirit. Start flying like an eagle. Get up, get up, get up. Hallelujah. And then suddenly it all starts, it starts coming alive. Vibrantly with color, it starts coming alive. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you are fighting through some, some real thickets. Some things have got you tangled up here on the earth plane, on the earth level. Your feet, your ankles are wrapped up with vines and stuff like that. Break them in the name of Jesus by the anointing of the Spirit. And rise in prayer. Rise in prayer. You can throw these things off with one prayer session. You can throw all that stuff off with one prayer session. You start going up. Then Don't look back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. We thank you for the anointing to run and the grace to run with the horses, to work with the angels. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, some of you are still going to be receiving prophecies before the year is out, and 2020 is going to be a heavyweight year. More to come on that. Okay, I'll share it more later at a different time. But 2019, uh, the word of the Lord is still coming. 2019 is year of receiving the prophetic word. 2020 is the year of the fulfillment of the prophetic word. More coming, more coming. Ears open, antennas up. God is speaking. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take Holy Communion together. If you're watching today's message and you're intrigued about the things of God, you're intrigued about. Jesus, the King of Kings, but you don't know Him personally as your Lord and Savior. Jesus would like for you to turn your life over to Him. He'll take care of you and take care of your life, and He'll grant you His life, the eternal life within your spirit. If you would like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, just pray this prayer with me right now, out of your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that You are the Son of God. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart now. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name, Jesus, in your book of life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Welcome. 
to the family of God. Let's all take communion together. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the bread, for the juice. We consecrate it, set apart as holy. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Under the disguise, under the veil of bread and juice, we thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of our dear Savior. Father, thank you for his body. Thank you for his word. We believe. Thank you, Father God. We're going to run with the horses. We're going up to where we belong. Thank you, Father God. Things are going on in the spirit realm. Things are moving in the natural realm. We thank you that you are positioning your people. Thank you, Father. We receive the precious body of Jesus now. Let's partake. Amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Break free, break free, break free in the name of the Lord. Go after the Lord with all of your heart. Throw off all restraint. Pursue the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's soul cleansing power. It's sin washing away power. Mm-mm. It's conscience cleaning, clearing power. Father, we thank you. We confess our sins. We thank you that we are washed clean by his blood. We thank you, Father God, that we are the righteousness of of Christ. His righteousness is ours. We receive it. Thank you, Father God. We are hidden in him. We give you all of the praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Keep seeking Him with all of your heart. Your breakthrough is coming. Thanks for watching. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then, stay blessed. Bye-bye.